Welcome to From Story to Impact, where we talk about the stories of our lives. I'm your host, Steve Gallegos, and I'm so super excited that you're here with us. This is the official show of the Voices of Impact Awards, which, as we've noted before, has created to celebrate the voices that inspire humanity. And when we talk about voices, we're talking about voices like yours, right? We're talking about people like you. You've had struggles, you've had challenges, you've had also some joyful, epic moments. And from these experiences, you've learned some valuable lessons, and we encourage you to share these because it is these lessons, it is these stories that connect us as humans. It gets us to relate to one another, it gets us to know and like one another. And sometimes it can even get you to say, you know what? I don't want anything to do with this person, but it's all based on the story that allows you to make these decisions. And we all have a favorite story. Some of us have more than one. We have stories that inspire us, that motivates us, stories that make us laugh and cry, and some stories even make us dance and sing. Stories, as I said, connect us. It's how we relate to one another. So to learn more about your chance to be a finalist and possibly win $20,000 in the Voices of Impact Awards and a book publishing deal from Morgan James Publishing, one of the leading publishers in the nation. Go to voiawards.com and register. You're going to get trained. If you've never had experience speaking on stage before, if you've never had experience writing or sharing your story, even how to even formulate it, you're going to get trained. You're going to get mentored and by the time September 2023 comes and the gala event for the Voy Awards comes around, you're going to be ready to go in, and hopefully you're going to be one of the finalists on stage. But even if you don't make it as a finalist, there's just so many more benefits that you can get simply by learning to share your story because the techniques and the strategies and the tips, the skills that you're going to learn just from participating in the awards, you're going to be able to use at work, in your relationships, with your spouse, with your intimate partners, with your children, with your with your friends. You're going to be able to use it everywhere. So you're going to get great value regardless. So we encourage you to go to voiawards.com and apply, tell your friends about it. And speaking of storytellers, we've got a great studio guest today who happens to be a really good friend as well, Mr. Mark Hardcastle. Mark lives here in the Denver area, and I met him when I was living in Dallas years ago. It wasn't that long ago. I think it was in the last five years or so. Um, and I attended an event called The Conversation, and uh, I was one of the participants along with several hundred other people, and we were broken out into these little circles. And I noticed the gentleman, he's very distinguished, he's very quiet and elegant. And the First thing that I noticed about him, besides his quiet elegance, is that his shoes, his shoes were super bright, clean, and shiny. And that told me a lot right there. I can hear Mark chuckling in the background because he knows the importance of it too, right? Being a military man myself and being a former law enforcement enforcement officer and also being a professional, right, as an attorney, you can tell a lot about a person in how they wear, how they treat their clothes and something as ordinary as shoes. Someone that really takes care of their shoes is someone that you need to listen to, someone that's got some experience and someone that knows what they're doing in life. And so that was my first introduction to Mark. And then we started conversation and we uh, became fast friends. And here we are now, we both live in the Denver community together, not together, you know, like we don't live together, but you know, he's in the area, he's within 10 miles of me or something like that. Um, so anyway, but 
One of the fascinating things about Mark is that he wears several hats. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's an airline captain for a major airline. He's a former musical conductor, a graduate from the United States Air Force Academy. That's big. And um, he served in the uh, United States Air Force, of course. After nine years as a pilot there on active duty, he left in order to join the civilian ranks as a pilot. And he's flown 737s and 777s all around the world. And Mark is the author of The Symphony of Life, and I'm holding the book right here. And for those of you that are listening to the audio podcast version of this interview, you should definitely get this book, The Symphony of Life, Restoring Harmony When Your World is Out of Tune. And we're going to talk about this awesome, awesome book in a minute. But to let you know that, you know, not your life, not my life, Mark's life certainly has not all been sunshine and rainbows, although he's seen a lot of them while he's been up 30,000 feet in the air. Mark broke his neck back in the day when he was a, uh, I think it was a mountain biking accident in uh, Utah or one of these Western states that have these beautiful biking trails. And um, he broke his neck. And through it all, Mark teaches us in his book and through his various talks that stuff will happen. A lot of good stuff and a lot of what we consider is bad stuff. But what Mark is here to teach us is that we can learn a lot from these experiences and that these experiences that are beyond our control do not need to determine who we are or the outcome of our lives. And then in addition to being a celebrated pilot in his industry, Mark's also a, de a devoted family man. He's got four amazing children. And he's also, I just learned recently, I just learned this yesterday, as a matter of fact, Mark is also a collector of fine art photography, especially of airplanes <laughs> flying across the full moon in the middle of the night, which is a fascinating story, which maybe he'll share with you one day, or maybe it'll appear in one of his books. Welcome to this studio, my good friend, Mark Hardcastle. Hello, Mark. Steve, what a lovely introduction. Thank you so much for that. Very, very kind. Uh, I appreciate that. And it's always a pleasure to have the opportunity to visit with you. So thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome, Mark. Thank you for being here. And, I, and that introduction, just as you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. But, uh, yeah. thanks, just, thanks for taking, taking my, uh, my script there, as I suggested. Just as you told me to say it, That's including right. all That's the right. awkward pauses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mark, uh, well you, you have led such a fascinating life. And not that it's anywhere near over, right? Because uh, there's just so much more that, that you have within you and there's so much that you have to share. You and I had breakfast recently where you brought me up to speed on everything, all the wonderful things that you're doing and getting ready to uh, leave the amazing career that you've had as a, a commercial airline pilot. And you're going to continue your journey of teaching and coaching and training and being a mentor. How is it that you're able to manage all of these things? Well, obviously, I don't, I don't do them all at once. Uh, oh, you don't. They, they, I thought no. Every single day, you're always no. telling stories, you're flying the airplane and you're speaking over the loudspeaker telling stories to the cabin right uh, yeah that that i do uh i'll be uh taking off tomorrow on another four-day trip and during those four days that slice of my life will get my full focus and attention i'll, I'll have some layover time where i'll uh, do a little bit of refresh and, and do a little bit of reading and uh, maybe a little bit of writing some uh, some observations from from uh recently uh uh, flying, whatever. Uh, but uh, those four days, that's my flying time. The point there is each of these 
parts of my life are compartmentalized. That's a, a skill that, that we pilots uh, take pride in our ability to compartmentalize both on a grand scale and on a, a micro scale. But it's a matter of time management. It's a matter of uh, understanding at 63 years of age that you can't do everything at once. Uh, we've learned in the last decade or so there's no such thing as multitasking. And so uh, we just accept that and we give full focus to what we need to focus on at a given time. And uh, uh, I've been able then to cultivate and uh, enjoy, fully enjoy a whole bunch of different ways to experience life that way. I love what you said and it's beautiful instruction that you gave us there. First of all, teaching that compartmentalizing and being able to focus 100% on what you're doing at the moment is a very good lesson because so many people today are, you know, at their wits end because yeah. they've got so much to do and there's so many things to do and, and to pay attention to that they find it very challenging to get through the day at the end of which they say, wow, what did I accomplish today? Because they feel that they hadn't, you know, really done anything because they've been busy, but they really haven't done anything. The idea of you becoming a choral conductor and then an airline pilot, you've made it work beautifully. Obviously, it identifies you as someone that's creative and passionate about the arts and music and learning and children, Yet you and yet you want those big wild adventures 30,000 feet up in the sky. How did you come to fit these two together and decide this is what you wanted to do? You know, that's a great question, Steve. You know, the, the music came first. My mom was uh, the child of two professional musicians. Her father was a, a big band conductor uh, mm. uh, into, the, into the Depression. And of course, lost that gig and became a school teacher for the rest of his career. His mo her mom was a concert level pianist. And so from the time I could phonate, make noise with my voice, my mom uh, had me singing, and of course, I took the obligatory piano lessons when I was very young. And the, the instrumental thing didn't really take. My sister got the, the chops uh, to be a, a pianist, but I've always enjoyed singing. I've always enjoyed being part of choirs. So that came first. Uh, I happened to live in a small town in central Georgia, very close to the small municipal airport. So here's a parallel thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to be a musician. I'm learning to sing. Uh, and then... Uh, during the day, I'd, I'd leave the house, head up to the municipal airport, a little 3,000-foot strip, and I'd be that little kid, you know, with my fingers in the chain-link fence, watching the airplanes do their touch-and-goes, you know, and, and uh, uh, so I was fascinated with flight. And uh, so that's the origin, the two origin stories. Now, the, the, and I pursued both of them in different ways over time. The, the really interesting question that you asked is, musician, pilot, how do you put that? In? And you would be surprised at how similar those two things are at their core. Uh, you know, if you think about it, if you're, if you're a conductor on a podium in the middle of a, a musical presentation, whether it's choral or instrumental or both, and things start to go a little bit sideways, you can't just stop the, the performance and start over. You, you got to keep it going and you got to somehow um, uh, repair the situation, recover, and then, you know, keep going. Uh, same thing with an airplane. You're at 35,000 feet. Something goes bad. You can't just pull off the side of the road there and, you know, look under the hood. You've got to keep flying the jet, 
while you analyze the situation and then take whatever appropriate action there is to to ensure a, a, a safe result. So uh, the mindset is very similar for both of those. And it took me a while to realize that actually a couple of people actually had to ask me the exact same question that you just asked before I figured that out. So the aptitude level, those two things fit together very, very nicely. They're beautiful in their own way. Um, but I, I'm fortunate that I was exposed to those two particular avocations, one of which became a vocation at an early age. So that, that's how they work together. I love it. I love the story of how they came together because I didn't know that uh, part about you of the, um, I knew you had told me previously in conversations about your mom and your family, um, you know, having a musical background, which obviously is going to inspire and uh, encourage you to pursue in those, um, although not everybody does. Um, but you, as a little kid living next to an airport, of course, all kids are fascinated. Most kids are fascinated totally. by airplanes. And, you know, how does that big piece of steel, you know, stay up in the air? And yeah. how does it get off the ground and those kinds of things? And I remember so many times as a little kid, I'd run around, you know, the playground in school pretending I was an airplane or, you know, Superman. Mm. And, you know, the idea of flight, I think, is just super um, magical and super mysterious and just super intriguing for most humans. So now I see the connection and you're right about the, um, the skill and the, uh, having the ability, developing the ability, the discipline, the patience, the awareness to be able to conduct, whether it's a symphony orchestra or to navigate, uh, a situation when you're 30, 35,000 feet in the air, you, you've got you know, just like with a symphony, you've got your horns, you've got your strings, you've got your wind instruments that you're all navigating so they sound good. And the same in an airplane, you've got your your crew, you've got your passengers, you've got the mechanical issues of the airplane that you all have to deal with. And so there's multitude of factors that you have to account for and be aware of all the time in order to have a harmonious, if you will, flight or harmonious result in a on a concert stage so good for you for uh bringing those things together and uh showing us how they how they fit which do you have a preference for at this stage of my life because at 63 years of age i only have 18 months left to go before i have to retire by law at age 65 so and i so enjoy uh being a captain for a major airline that I've just, uh, for the last couple of years, focused almost, not, not completely, but almost exclusively on being the best captain that I can be. Uh, and, and so I, I just enjoy that so much. And uh, that'll last, as I say, another year and a half. Uh, and, and then who knows, maybe I'll step back into a more uh, active role with the children's corral, or I'll find something else, as you mentioned in the introduction. But right now, uh, I'm not letting go of the, the children's crowd. I'm not letting go of the, the music part, but I'm most active with my passengers and my crews at 35,000 feet. And I've heard some beautiful stories. I've read some stories that you've written. Uh, you've since created a captain's log since you became mm -hmm. a, a captain, moved into the role of the captain. You started writing a captain's log, which I think is fascinating. And for those of you that want to follow Mark Hardcast on social media, you'll be able to see some of his stories. And they're fascinating because it just gives you an insight, right? Just like 
being a photographer allows me to capture a scene that I can then share with you. Captain Mark gets to travel all around the world and he gets to visit with people and have experiences and see things that you and I may never have a chance to get to because, well, we either don't have the interest, the time, the money, or the opportunity, right, to travel. And he brings them home to us through his captain's log. And so, Mark, you are a very prolific storyteller. Is Symphony of Your Life, is this your first book? That's my first book. I do have another one in the works. In the works. We won't talk about that one quite yet. The Symphony of Your Life, I, I one of the reasons I love it is because while you talk about the actually conducting and in, in, in the um, the journey that you took to actually becoming a conductor and how fascinated you were with this whole experience, you use this more as a metaphor mm-hmm. of about life, right? And how yeah. we can use all of the experiences of conducting a symphony and being a musician to how our life can unfold right? What was the inspiration for this book? Nice. Uh, you know, I never wanted to be an author. Never. You know, you, really? you, hear, you hear so many people say, you know, I want to write a book, I want to write a book, I want to write a book. Uh, that was not me. But uh, there was, you know, I guess as I'm thinking about it, I should probably say one of the largest hugest challenges of my life was when United Airlines went bankrupt. And, and by the way, I, I, I'm, I freely, I'm proud of the fact that I work for United Airlines, great company, but I just have to get out there that anything that I say is my, I'm not speaking for United. I'm, I'm just me, any opinions, any interpretation of facts, you, you, you get the disclaimer, right? That, that's all me. We um, do, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this or watching this, don't try any of this at home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mark and, is a and, trained professional. And, and, and don't, yes. don't, don't hold United accountable for anything I say here. Exactly. Um, all of the opinions that you hear, whether from me or from, well, my opinions are my own as Mark's are. So, yeah, don't don't call United and say, hey, Captain Hardcastle said this or that. Yeah. Because right? yeah. these are his opinions. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, thanks. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the assist there. Um, but the fact is, United went bankrupt. Uh, gosh, a long time ago now. In uh, December 2002. And it was the longest, most expensive bankruptcy in the history of commercial aviation. Commercial aviation. We, we came out of bankruptcy in February of 2006. And uh, part of bankruptcy is reducing costs. And part of reducing costs is, you know, cutting, cutting employee benefits and salaries. And, and we all um, took some pretty big hits there. And the result of that was... Uh, devastating in many, many ways. And I, and I won't go through the whole litany. You, you and I may have talked about that before. Next time we have breakfast, I'll tell you in detail just how bad it was. But for, for the purposes of the program, let's just say it was bad. And um, so we find ourselves frequently at 35,000 feet, uh, you know, two pilots. All the takeoff procedures are done. Now we're in cruise mode for three, four, five hours. And, and we check in with each other. How are you doing? Are, are you going to are you going to make your house payment this month? Are you, are you going to keep your house? Are you going to keep your spouse? You know, uh, how, you know, uh, we all got real estate licenses. We all started selling lotions and potions, you know, doing the multi-level marketing <laughs> thing. And we're all looking for ways just to, you know, get enough money to, 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 to stay afloat. And I flew with this one fellow 
who uh, said, yeah, you know, I'm doing okay. Uh, really, I am. I, you know, six months ago, I lost my house, but I've published a couple of books lately, and I just got back from a major tech company's annual meeting, and they paid me, you know, this massive sum for one-hour keynote, and they gave me six tickets, uh, six days at Disney World for my entire family. It was part of my compensation package, and they bought a whole bunch of my books. I thought, okay, I'm listening. You know, tell me more. And for the next, for the rest of that trip, we talked about his writing, publishing, speaking. And then uh, for the next year or so, I stayed in touch with him. He, he encouraged me to get into that, um, that, to create that income stream. So that's the impetus for the book was I was in a place of necessity. I had to find a way. Uh, I had this idea, this, someone had suggested me that it could be successful so I sat down and started writing. Well, what do you write? It was never my ambition. And this fellow, whose name also happened to be Mark, said, well, well, write what you know. Well, all I knew was my own life story. So I just started kind of free associating and thinking back to things that I'd learned and seen and, and stories about struggles of people, not only myself, but people around me, how we had faced challenges and overcome and what lessons we could take from that. Like you said in the beginning, stuff happens. I mean, that's just part of life. It's a reality. Things are going to happen to us. We might characterize that as things happen for us because frequently they steer us in a new direction that's better for us. But regardless of how we characterize it in the moment, what matters is how we respond. I, I think it was Viktor Frankl who said there's a there's a space between stimulus and response. And if something happens and we don't react, if we decide rather to respond, then we have this space during which we can create an intentional response that will hopefully lead us in the direction of the best outcome. So we have the stimulus, we have the event, we pause, plan, think, create, and then we respond. And as part of that process, we learn and grow. That's what I hope that my readers will take from the book. And, and that's been the feedback that I've received from people who've read it. Um, and a very brilliant book indeed. I, I know that uh, you've won one or, or several awards uh, from it, for being a first-time author, I think that you did a fascinating job. And even though this interview isn't about, you know, your book, I just wanted to commend you for it because I thought it was extremely well written, especially for a first-time author. More so because of the the power and the impact that your stories had on me. Right, I'm mm -hmm. also a former military man. Uh, I still am a musician. I was a professional musician for a number of years, and so the the uh, you know, your subject matter, of course, hit home with me. I understood all of that. And then the human element and the human dynamics that you're sharing and uh, the stories are also brilliantly done. And I'm glad that you highlighted that, Mark, because the Voices of Impact Awards is all about celebrating people with stories that mm -hmm. inspire humanity. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have you on the show, because I think you're one of those people with stories that inspire humanity. And the fact that you wrote a book about it is just a plus. But what would you say to someone that has, you know, never really thought about writing a book, never thought about sharing anything from stage, public speaking, but they know 
that they've been through some stuff and they've learned lessons that someone else could benefit from, what would you say to encourage them to participate in something like the Voices of Impact Awards? So I'd I'd say two things. Uh, First of all, what we see as ordinary things, because we lived the the events that we lived and the things we accomplished, we see as ordinary because it's just us. It's just me. You know, I just went to the Air Force Academy. No big deal. You know, four years I was in and out. And, you know, you said that was huge in the introduction. Thank you. It was a very kind thing for you to say. As I was as I was doing it, it was just me getting up going and living life. But what we see as ordinary, other people see as extraordinary as, again, as you said. So uh, don't let your own sense of being ordinary stand in the way of uh, sharing your life experience. My, my, my mentor, Mark, uh, Mark Hogue, H-O-O-G, write that down, Stevie. <laughs> You'll want to look him up. He taught me that one of the richest places in the world is the graveyard. Well, now, how can that be? I know you've heard this before, Steve, but your, your audience may not have. It's because so many people take their treasures, their experiences, their wisdom, their gifts with them to the grave. They never share them. And so there they are, never to be shared again, left in, in the graveyard. So, uh, and, and Mark always says, that's a very, very selfish way to think about things, mm. is to allow yourself to be overcome and stopped, stymied by uh, your sense of, of just being a normal, ordinary human being. Okay. Uh, we all have uh, some remarkable stories inside of us. So feel free to share. And, and that leads to the second point, writing a book giving a speech, those are two different genres, if I can use that word, two different ways of sharing our stories. And humans from time immemorial, from the time we could communicate, have shared information through storytelling. That's that's how we are wired to learn and to understand is through storytelling. So whether, whether you want to write your book, uh, which I encourage, or if you want to uh, learn to tell stories in whatever venue, you know, at the dinner table, we tell stories at the dinner table. We tell uh, stories over over the holidays around the fire. And uh, those who, who wish to build a, a, a more formal, broader uh, speaking platform, uh, learn through uh, organizations like Voices of Impact, how to give a platform speech. Those are, those are all just different ways of communicating the way we always have and the way each of your listeners, Stevie, has, has communicated with others. And VOIA is going gonna, is gonna to be a great opportunity for anyone who wants to learn how to give a platform speech uh, to, a, to a bigger audience. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited for that. You and I have been speaking about this uh, for years now, and I'm, I'm glad it's finally gotten to this point. And uh, $20,000 prize? There's <laughs> Cash money, baby. Cash, Cash money. money. There's, Cash there's money. an incentive. Yeah. yeah. Cash money. And a book publishing deal from Morgan James. Nice. So many people are hurting inside because they don't they want to express themselves but have no real means to to no platform to do it. And so they take to their social media and they yeah. say the wrong thing. They, you know, their timing is off, whatever. And and they're not prepared, they're not trained. And so they make lots of mistakes. As a result, they get lots of criticism and get shut down, which just leads to more resentment and anger and frustration. And it's just this big cycle. And so that's why we created this, so we could have a platform where people can safely um, 
come in and share the story and, and, and it's welcome, right? I'm not saying every story is going to win, but every person sharing the story is going to benefit. And, and, and I see that. And Steve, forgive me for interrupting, but I, I sure. feel like at this point, I probably ought to say, uh, I'm, I'm not part of the VOIA staff. Uh, I, you and I are friends. We've known each other for years. So I, I'm a little bit biased uh, in, in hoping for your success. But the fact of the matter is, I love this concept and I love what you put in place. And so when I, when I talk about how, what a great opportunity I think it is, I, I, I don't have any skin in the game. So I just believe in it. I, and that's me genuinely offering my encouragement to your listeners to yeah, step into this. I appreciate that, sir. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, we, we love the support. We love the support we're getting from people all around the world. It's just really, really fabulous. You Eventually, bet. we will take it around the world. We, we, yes. We'll have the uh, VOIA and uh, international versions as well. But Mark, since we're talking about stories and the power of stories and the impact that stories have, you as, as a conductor, as an Air Force pilot, um, you know, everything you did before you entered the academy and and sense, right? Especially as an airline pilot, I know you have hundreds and hundreds of stories, right? Hundreds of ways that um, things that you've learned from other people and the ways that you've also impacted other people. What is one of the your favorite stories that maybe something you haven't shared before publicly, you know, but a story that maybe impacted you and that, that you use to impact others? Share that yeah. with us. Wow. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. I, I, you're right. One of the reasons I love my job so much is I have lived so many things just in the last five years since I became a captain and put on that fourth stripe on my shoulder. I call it the magic of the fourth stripe. Mm. Um, so here's the story that I, I, I love sharing and it, it's out there on social media. I've, I've, I've shared it before. I think it's on my Facebook. Uh, um, I know it's on uh, my LinkedIn page back from March of this year when uh, we were actually still wearing masks. It was right at the, as the pandemic was coming to a close and we were just about to uh, be able to take the masks off in the airplane. But here's the story. When the pandemic hit, uh, United as an airline, like, well, like many other companies was severely impacted. And in a matter of months, we went from, massive success at the end of 2019. We were just a great place to be. To within about four months of 2020, going uh, from great full demand to what they said was negative demand. Now, you ever heard of negative demand, Steve? I had never heard of that before. What that means is we had more people selling back their tickets than we had buying. And so our cash flow was way negative, uh, and, and that is unsustainable for any period of time. So ultimately, what happened was we had a bunch of employees that got furloughed. Our flight attendants in particular, we lost a large cohort of our flight attendants to furlough because we simply could not make payroll. Well, thank goodness the story continues. And a year later, by mid-2021, when the vaccines were out and whatnot, we started bringing our flight attendants back onto the payroll, back into their rightful place in, uh, in our airplanes. And by the time this particular event happened, and I think it was in March of this year, uh, we had gotten all of our flight attendants that had been furloughed. We got them all back. And so here, imagine this. You're sitting in the airplane and just ready to push back. Captain comes out. That was me. 
picked up the handset there in the first class galley and says, hey, folks, we've, we've got just a couple of minutes here before we push back. Let me tell you a story. And I tell the story that I just told you about how uh, with the pandemic, you know, we, we didn't have very many passengers, so we couldn't make payroll. So we lost a bunch of our flight attendants. And I, and I said, but the good news is, you know, we've, we've got all of our flight attendants. I'm thrilled to let you know that we've got all of our flight attendants back now in their rightful places in our cabin. And I'm so thrilled to be able to let you know that. But it gets even better. Not only do we have all of our flight attendants back, but we've been able to start hiring more flight attendants into our airplanes. And it thrills me to no end to let you know that today, Joyce, come on up here. And I brought my flight attendant up and had her turn around and face the entire airplane. Joyce, Joyce here is today is her very first flight at United Airlines as a new flight attendant. And I am so thrilled. And Joyce, I am honored to be your captain on your very first flight. I'm so grateful to have you in the United family now. And folks, let's welcome Joyce to her new career at United Airlines. And the airplane erupted in applause. And uh, uh, so at that point, Joyce went back to closing her overhead bins. And I, and I said, folks, uh, thank you for honoring her that way. And uh, give me just a minute to finish buttoning up in the cockpit and we'll be on our way. So I went back up to the cockpit, finished throwing my switches. And Joyce finished closing the bins. And we closed the airplane door and we pushed back. And I and Joyce and my entire 175 uh, load of passengers, 175 passengers were on our way. Now, there, there are a couple of things to love about that story. And if you, want, if you want to take the moment to pick it apart, I'll, I'll let you pick it apart. Uh, if you want me to pick it apart, if you want to just let, let the story sit out there, there's, there's components in that story uh, that are for everybody. Uh, I felt thrilled to be able to tell that story. All the points that were, that were so exciting to be able to express the recovery. Joyce, uh, the hero of the story, just starting out on this brand new career after this career field had been decimated by the pandemic. But just as important as myself and Joyce was the audience. How, did, how do you think everybody in that airplane felt? They felt well cared for. They felt uh, like part of a, an experience that I'm sure that none of them had experienced before sitting on an airplane on the tarmac. Totally, totally. Most of them have never, ever seen a captain come out and tell a story. But if I was successful and the feedback that I've gotten through my social media posts tells me that I was, uh, not only did Joyce feel special, everyone in that airplane uh, was, was uplifted by the positivity of that story. That was, a, that was an, a magical moment for Joyce, and they all got to be part of it. I'm always looking for an opportunity to lift somebody up, to, to lift a group. And that's one of the reasons I do what I do in front of the, the podium at the beginning of the flight, every flight. So the point there is, is be looking up. There's always an opportunity coming uh, for you to touch somebody and lift somebody up uh, in a way that only you can do because of your own life experience. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just witnessed 
a master storyteller in action. He is not a storyteller by trade, right? None of us really are, unless you're an actor, you're a theater performer, you know, where you get paid and you get trained and you get scripted, right? And and you're told what to say. This was not scripted. Mark's life is is not scripted. And as I listened to the story, there were a couple of things besides the brilliant points that Mark brought out about the dynamics of who the audience were and how the different audiences were affected, how the different superheroes in that story were affected, including Joyce and 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 Mark as well. But one of the things that stood out to me was um, the leadership. Uh, dynamic that Mark displays, you'll notice that his language, he doesn't say they in reference to United Airlines or his cabin or his crew. Uh, He talks about the problems that United as a company was having, and he says us, we are, we were having this problem. Uh, The company sustained, uh, you know, this bankruptcy, but we were affected. Um, We were looking for ways that we could help each other and how we could continue to support each other. And we lost, right, a bunch of uh, employees and we lost all our flight attendants. And then when they came back, he said, our flight attendants came back. And so this dynamic of, of being inclusive, right, of being part of something that's much bigger than he is because he doesn't own United Airlines. You're not a major stockholder in the United Airlines, are you, Mark? No. Not by a long shot. Yeah. You are what most of us would consider an employee. He's a, yeah, exactly. he's a high-ranking yeah. employee. But you can see from his story that he treats this as if it were his own company. I mean, that's something that we can put into place immediately, which is one of the things that I was looking for from Mark is to give you that kind of wisdom that you can go right now. As soon as you're done listening to this, you can go back to your job, your company, whatever it is that you do, your family, and you can just start honoring people the way Mark does. As he says, you'll be able to really, really make impactful changes and and significant differences in the culture and the attitude and the performance and output of your staff, your employees, your family members, your kids, even your spouse. Um, Mark also revealed himself as a great educator. You can tell that he loves to teach. I think that that's his core value is being an educator and teaching and just bringing uh, all of these magical stories to us with such just finesse. It's it's just absolutely beautiful to watch. And again, I use Mark in this example for you so you can see he's just a regular human being, right? He's done some stuff just like you've done some stuff. And so just as Mark learned to share his story in a beautiful way like that, you can do it too. In fact, Mark, I was going to suggest maybe you need to create a storytelling program because again, you're just a master at it. You've shown it in your book. You just revealed it to us now, just casually telling us off the cuff one of your stories. But it was the way you did it and the way you presented it and the way you revealed about yourself, whereas most people say, I'm an educator. I'm a leader. I'm this. I'm that. I've done this. I've done that. I've received this. No, you revealed it all by showing how you honor others. And that's how we learned about you. So thank you for that lesson, Mark. Thank you for 
being such a great example. And thank you for being here with us today. So that we, we could witness this and now the whole world is going to get to witness this. So thank you for that. Are you open to people connecting with you on social media? 100%. You bet. What's uh, the best place for them to do that? Uh, probably LinkedIn right now. I'm most active okay. on LinkedIn and you can just search for me by name there on LinkedIn. Uh, for those of you who pref prefer Facebook, I'm somewhat active on Facebook. Uh, I also have an Instagram uh, account, and uh, you can find me on any of those. I check them all fairly frequently, uh, and uh, feel free to reach out. Be sure and reference uh, Stevie G here in uh, uh, the VOIA program uh, so I, I get an idea of where you're coming from, and then uh, we'll certainly have a conversation. Love to Love to connect with any of you. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you've seen a master in action, and we didn't bring him on the show for that purpose, but he just, it just revealed himself. And that's the magic of uh, why I love doing this show is because I bring my guests on. We're just having, this is unscripted. I don't give them questions that I'm going to ask or anything like that. And they certainly don't tell me what answers they're going to be. We're just having conversations. And when you have conversations with people, the magic comes out, right? Mm -hmm. And the magic comes out through stories. And one of the best storytellers I know is Mr. Mark Hardcastle, Captain Mark Hardcastle, the author of The Symphony of Your Life. I love the restoring harmony when your world is out of tune. And wow, is that ever prevalent today? And is that ever necessary today? Learning how to get your life back in tune, right? Your marriage back in tune, your relationship with your kids back in tune, your career back in tune, because it will go out of tune from time to time. Yeah. Through no fault of your own, or even if it is through a fault of your own, you know, it can be repaired and it can be remedied. You just need the right tools. You need the right people. And more important, you listening to this show, you need a place to share your story. And so we've created that for you. The Voices of Impact Awards exists for you as a safe platform for you to come on and share your inspiring story, something that can uplift and elevate humanity. And it can be something as simple as how Captain Mark revealed honoring someone that you work with and then seeing the benefits of that particular action. So this has been a fascinating show for me, a fascinating experience. Once again, I want to honor you and thank you, Mark Hardcastle, for being with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us. I'm Steve Gallegos, your host, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.